Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, besties. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Journey with Janice podcast. I am so excited and so thankful that you are tuning in to the podcast. I pray that wherever you are around the world, that you are experiencing the fullness of everything God has for you in this season of your life. I love Ecclesiastes 3.1. It says there's a time and a purpose for every season under heaven. So there is not one season that we walk through, that we experience, that we go through, that there is not a purpose in it. And I pray that we don't miss out on the things God is doing in and through our lives right here, right now, in this very season, because it's such an enemy trap that we fall into sometimes of being so excited for what's ahead and just waiting and eager for the promises of God to be fulfilled, for the things we're believing for. And yes, stay in agreement, stay in faith for those things, but don't let what's ahead rob you of where you're at right now. Don't let what lies ahead rob you from where you're at right now. And so many times, I actually just saw a video about this the other day. It was an older lady that was talking about this, how so many times we always are so looking forward to what's next. When I just get this job, when the kids grow up, when they when they move out, when this, when that, and it's like, what a, what a thief of joy. What a thief of the plans and purposes God has for right now when we are so fixated on what lies ahead. And actually, the Bible tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Focus on today. Focus on the day that we have because this is all we have. We're not promised tomorrow. And honestly, I wasn't planning on talking about any of that, but somebody needed to hear it because that is what I pray before every podcast. Holy Spirit, you fill my mouth and speak through me. And I pray that I won't say anything unless it's, you know, uh, put on my heart by him. So, I'm praising God for this season that I'm in, getting ready to gear up for the Tell Women's Conference happening in Portage, Michigan in a few days. It'll be tomorrow by the time this airs. And I'm just so excited and expectant for what God is going to do. And I remember a few years ago, the Lord telling me, if I were to move according to your expectations of me, would I have to do much? And that was a really sobering reality of like, what am I believing for? What do I have faith for? Do I really believe that the God who parted the seas, that the God who walked on water, that the God who took a few loaves of bread and fish and multiplied them to feed thousands, like, do I really believe that the God who caused the lame to leap for joy and opened blind eyes and raised the dead and did all these mir- miraculous things that we read about in the gospel books? And we know the Bible says that if, if everything that Jesus did on this earth while he was here were to be recorded, there wouldn't even be enough books to contain it. So we only see a fraction of what he did in his ministry as recorded in scripture, do I really believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do I really believe that he will do those things in and through my life now and the world around me? And I just had a conversation with one of my besties, Deb Debers, if she's listening, shout out to her earlier today. And we were talking about 
healing and the miraculous and things and how so often we want to see God move and we want to see healings happen and miracles because it's his word. If it's his word, it's his will, period. You can't talk around that. And so why aren't we seeing those things though? If we see it in the word, we know it's his will, it's in his word. Why aren't we seeing it? And and we we had that conversation of like, okay, we want to see God heal people, but when's the last time we laid hands on someone and actually prayed for it? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It's like we want to see the miraculous, but we don't want to risk it. We don't want to risk putting ourselves out there because we have such a fear of man and a fear of failing or, you know, what if God doesn't, but what if he does? What if he does? And I always say, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. That can be applied to anything. But the Bible says when we ask, we receive. Well, you have not because you ask not. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't ever pray for someone, you're not going to see them healed. Now God can move in their lives and he can drop his spirit on them and heal them. But like, you're not going to see that as a fruit of your obedience. And so it's so important that we do what we are commissioned to do in scripture and pray for people and go out and preach the gospel. Because ultimately we know that the greatest miracle that we're ever going to see anyone experience is the miracle of salvation. I love where Jesus sent the 70 out two by two. He sent his followers out and the Bible says that he gave them authority to go out, heal the sick, do all the things that we too are given authority to do. And they came back rejoicing. They were so excited because demons were cast out. They saw the sick healed and and they were just rejoicing over the power of God working through them. And that is something to rejoice about. That is something we should celebrate. We should celebrate what God does in our lives. And and I have a friend group right now, which I'm so grateful for. Love them to pieces. We're calling ourselves Firefall Ministries. And we love, because we all go to different churches, we love on Sunday, like talking about what did God do at your church today or throughout our week? Like, hey, I got to, you know, minister to this person or whatever. And it's so faith building to share those things and what God is doing in and through our lives And it's like, I want to expect that God is going to move. Like if I'm coming together with other believers, I don't want to get together and, you know, play patty cake Christianity and have, you know, some cookies and talk about what God did 20 years ago. I want to know what is God doing now? And I want to seek his heart with other believers for what he wants to do in and through us in this season of our lives. And we can get so caught up on what God did 10, 20, 30 years ago. And yes, let's rejoice over those things. Let's talk about the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. But if you only have stories about what God has done from years ago, that's concerning. That's concerning because God's not on pause. (laughs) God is not on pause. He is doing things now in the earth. And so I want to do what he has called me to do. And so back to the seventy being sent out two by two, they come back to Jesus and they're rejoicing. They're excited as they should be and as we should be for the things that God did through them. But Jesus said, don't rejoice that the spirits, those unclean spirits were submissive to you, like that they had to yield to you. Or I can't think of exactly how it said, he said it. So this is like JRV, Janice Regal version. Like, don't just be excited that unclean spirits, you had authority over them. Be excited because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a sobering reality that we all have to come to terms with at some point in our life. 
Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you walk in intimacy with him? Do you have a relationship with the living God, the one true God? Do you know him? Because the Bible is pretty clear on that. Like many, the Bible says many will come to me on that day. That's the day of judgment because we know the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. When we die, we are not this aimless spirit that roams around the earth that is a lie of the enemy. I've heard that so many times. I used to believe it like, oh, well, you know, grandma so-and-so spirit is here or there. And I'm calling this out because it's a lie of the enemy and so many fall prey to this. The Bible says to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. To be absent in body is to be present with the Lord. So our spirit doesn't just roam around the earth. If you are seeing spirits that you believe are ancient ancestors or your grandma or somebody you know that's passed on, that is a familiar spirit. That's a demon. So that's what the Bible says, though, that we will stand before him one day and we're going to give an account for our life. And we know that the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, not even one. None of us can stand before God without being covered in the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice at the cross to cover our sins. None of us can stand innocent before God. And that's why we need to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says, then you will be saved. So we need that. We need the blood of Jesus. There's a reason he went to the cross. He didn't just go to the cross and suffer a gruesome, horrific, indescribable death because like, why not? Like for a casual reason, no, there had to be a sacrifice. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. I was not planning on going deep here, but I think maybe there just needs to be some revelation on the other end, whoever's listening to this to really know and understand salvation. And so back to the scripture that says, there will be many that come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, I did all of these things in your name, prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, raise the dead in your name, fill in the blank. All of those good things that we do for God. God, I organized every potluck. I organized every mom to mom sale. I organized every fundraiser. I ran a food pantry. Praise God that we do those things. We have to do those things from an overflow of intimacy, though. Those good works are not what get us into heaven. And the Bible says that his response to them was, depart from me, I never knew you. And that is, I've said this a million times, probably the most sobering scripture, to think that you could live your whole life doing all of these things for God, but it be completely void of intimacy and not actually know him. And so what does it mean to actually know him? What does it mean to actually know him? Because I pray that these scriptures are sober and sobering you up enough to really question and ask yourself and reflect on your own life. What does it mean to know him? It means you have a relationship with him that exists outside of religion and I love one of my friends, Sam, he had preached last night at our youth group. He had talked to the kids about intimacy and relationship. And he talked about how Jesus did not die on the cross. And like we said, he was beaten beyond, beyond even recognition, beaten and whipped, tortured. They flogged him with whips. And those whips had like nail-like features in them that literally shredded his skin. They pulled his beard. They put a crown of thorns on him. I'm going to be honest with you. 
when I read the gospel accounts and I get toward the end of the chapters and I know like the crucifixion is coming, I almost hesitate to read it because I can't help but weep when I read the scriptures about what he did. And we have this image of Jesus, especially in America. We see him on the cross. He's got a thorn, you know, crown of thorns on his head, but he looks just like a man hanging on a cross. If we actually saw what he looked like on the cross, mm, it didn't, does not look like our American painted pictures. And I love what Sam said. He said he didn't do what he did so that we can go to church every Sunday, stand up, sit down, sing a song, get mad when the preacher preaches too long, and then go home and live the rest of our lives Monday through Saturday as if he doesn't exist. That's not what he died for. Jesus died to reconcile us to the Father so that we could really know him so that we could really know him. That you can wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you for this day. What do you want to do today? Because wherever you are called to, whether you work a nine to five, you're in ministry, you're a stay-at-home mom, wherever God has put you is exactly where you have an anointing for influence, for the gospel, for the truth. And the Bible says that we are called to be ministers of reconciliation. Every one of us has a ministry of reconciliation. Everyone is called to ministry. And there are some people that you, their job is ministry. Like for me, that's what I do. I, I have a part-time job now at a high school helping with the after-school program. But no matter where God puts me, I always see it as ministry because it's an opportunity to carry His truth, His love, and His light wherever He calls me to. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So back to the whole subject of works. We should have good works. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Good works should be a product of our faith, of our relationship with him. I love him so much that I want to do whatever he has called me to do. Even when it's hard, even when it feels impossible, even when I feel like I don't have what it takes. Guess what? That's a lie. You do have everything you need for life and godliness. God promises to equip us for every good work, to give us an abundance for every good work. You have everything you need to do everything God has called you to, but you might be bound up with fear. And that's something you need to address and command that spirit of fear out of your life because it's going to hinder you. It's going to hold you back from doing what God's called you to do. It's going to lie to you and tell you you're not good enough. Oh, you're called to speak really well. You stutter when you talk. You sound stupid. Your vocabulary isn't that great. The enemy has all sorts of lies. He knows that if you step into the fullness of what God has anointed you for, whatever that looks like, whatever that is, that it's going to advance the kingdom of God and it's going to push back darkness. It's going to push back his lowercase k kingdom. Do it anyway. Be bold. I'm just releasing right now in the name of Jesus, a spirit of boldness over you to do whatever God has called you to do. To stop letting fear of failure fear of the unknown, fear of man, fear of whatever, fill in the blank, stop you from doing what God has called you to do because the world needs you to do what you were called to do. And everything we do should be to glorify God, to lift up the name of Jesus. And I'm talking to believers here. If you don't know him, you've got to start there. You've got to start there. And we hit on that at the beginning of the podcast. But once you know him, you've surrendered to him, you are calling him Lord of your life. 
then it's time to start stepping into what he has for you. And that is something that you have to seek God for, for yourself. Praise God for other believers and we can come along and we can encourage each other, give each other words of affirmation and confirmation. But really, God should be speaking to your heart directly. And then when you get those other words, it's not revelation, it's just confirmation for what God's already spoke to you. And it bears witness with your spirit. You're like, oh, because I remember people telling me years ago, Janice, you're called to speak. You're called to bring humor to the body of Christ. And I am doing comedy now, stand-up Christian comedy. And I do women's conferences and I go to churches and I speak and I do all these things in the podcast. But honestly, when I heard that the first time, it was like, I can't see myself doing that because I felt so invaluable at that time in my life because I had walked through such brokenness that really only God himself knows the amount of brokenness that I walked through. I felt so invaluable. I felt like I had nothing to bring to the table. I felt like nothing I had to say mattered. At that time, I had a hard time. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I had a hard time because of the abuse that I had gone through. Let's just call it what it is because of the things I had gone through and the way that I had been verbally and mentally beat down for so long and then walked through infidelity in my marriage and just all these things, I had so much going on mentally. I couldn't even carry a normal conversation. I'm just being real with you. Some of you are there now. Some of you get it because you've been there or you're there right now. Where it's like I could be having a conversation with someone and it's like I'm not firing on all cylinders mentally. Like I don't even know how to respond. I can't even come up with a thought or a response to what's being said. I couldn't hold a normal conversation. I'm just being real. Like God's grace was on me in that season and I was able to work, did a great job. Really at every job I've ever done, his faithfulness is has been on me as favor and anointing. And so I was able to, you know, do my job well and stuff like that. But like communication at that time was very hard for me. And I'm sure on the outside, maybe it wasn't as obvious unless you really knew me. But internally, like I was having a hard time even connecting my thoughts. And I remember thinking at one one time I was at a point in the pain and the brokenness that I remember thinking, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm getting super emotional sharing this because it's raw. It's not raw like it's fresh because God has so healed me. But it's it's real. It's real. I remember thinking, I don't even know who I am anymore. If someone were to ask me, Janice, what's your favorite? And that's probably why I ask people questions all the time. I love getting to know people. But I remember being at that place where I was like, if someone were to ask me what my favorite anything is, what's my favorite hobby? What's my favorite color? I don't even know. Like that's how far gone I was and how much healing I needed at that time. And who honestly, it's making me emotional because I see the faithfulness of God in my life as I've been on a healing journey now for a little over seven years and I just see the faithfulness of God. And I want to tell you the way that he has healed and restored my heart and mind. He wants to do the same for you. If you have need of that, he has that for you. And I just want to encourage you to let him love you back to life. Let him love you back to wholeness because that is your portion. 
Jesus came so that we could be whole. We see over and over again in scripture where he releases wholeness over people. He's the only one that can make us whole. And when we live our life and we have these voids inside of us that we try to fill with a million other things, we're just going to end up empty inside. But when we let him fill those voids and become our all in all, really, really become Lord of our life, let him be the lover of our soul, take great delight in him because he already delights in you. I'm telling you, it's a, it's, it's a different life. And I love that the Bible says when we try to hold on to our lives, we will lose it. But when we lose our lives for him, we will find it. And so it all starts with surrender and just giving him everything because he's worthy. I have this quote written in my Bible. I think it's by Todd White. I don't know, but it says, is the life that I'm living worth the price that Jesus paid? You were bought with a price. The Bible says that it was the price of his blood at Calvary. He shed his blood for you. And it really, it wasn't just for eternal life. Praise God that when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with him. He didn't wait for us to get it right. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God for his sacrifice at the cross. It gives us eternal life and a hope, the hope of heaven, the hope of heaven. Praise God for that. But he's such a good God that it didn't just stop with that. He came for us to experience healing and wholeness now, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual, whatever kind of healing and wholeness you need. His blood paid for that. So are you living in wholeness? Are you living healed? And it's a journey. Healing is a journey. God's a gentleman. Thank God. I'm so glad he didn't like deal with everything that my heart needed to deal with in a moment because like probably would have been too traumatic. But there are things that he has dealt with in my life. And I can only speak from my own experiences where it's like, okay, we're going to deal with this. Now we're going to deal with that. Now we're going to deal with this. And it's so, it, it is, it really is a journey. But I want to encourage you to start it if you haven't. And let him, let him love you back to life. I'm going to go ahead and pray over this podcast and I'll say it again like I always do. Feel free to reach out to me on social media at The Journey with Janice. You can go to my website, journeywithjanice.com. I have a lot of resources, blogs, videos, um, all my other podcasts, different things are on there. My books, everything is on there. I would love to connect with you, to pray for you and encourage your hearts. I have also opened up my life coaching, which is Radiant Life Coaching on my website. You can find out more about that and would just love to connect more with you and encourage your hearts in the Lord. He is so faithful. He is so faithful and he is for you. He is for you and he wants you to know him intimately. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this podcast. I thank you for every listener on the other side of this podcast. God, wherever they're at today, God, I pray that you would meet them where they're at. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would invade their space, that they would feel your tangible presence. God, I pray that if there's anyone who doesn't know you intimately, God, I pray that you would encounter them with your presence, God, that you would encounter them with your glory, God, that they would meet with you right where they're at. God, I thank you that you exist outside the four walls of a church, that you are not confined to the church. God, you, <laughs> the Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness of it. So God, I thank you that you are omnipresent. You are in all places, in all spaces. So whether they're in their car right now, out on a walk, 
and in their workplace, in their living God, living room, wherever they're at, God, you meet them right where they're at, God. And I pray for anyone on here who has been feeling weary or disappointed or discouraged in this season, God, I pray that you would refresh them with your presence, God, that you would strengthen them with might in their inner man, God, that they would really know you intimately in deeper ways, Lord. I just pray for your freedom. I pray for your boldness over your people, over myself as well, God. We want to live our lives in a way that glorifies you and honors you in everything, God, that everything we do would be for you and you alone. Have your way. Have your way, Father, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.